I'm going to be reading um, part of a short story which was actually um, put together for a, a site-specific um, storytelling experience on Bodmin Moor. And uh, there were six writers who were invited by a director to create stories for the space Minions on Bodmin Moor. And the idea was that these stories would crisscross the landscape. So my story is really one strand in this six-part story. And uh, the idea was that people with headphones would mingle in and out of these stories to get the whole, the whole experience. The story actually starts in America, and I, I love the fact there's so much congruence between all the different pieces read today. Um, and it's about somebody from Cornwall who's, who's missing Cornwall and longing to go back. I turn on my own axis. I lay on my bunk and saw the silhouette of him in the doorway, black against the orange evening sky, banging of boots on the doorstep. Presently, he would come in, but already the anticipation of his smell pervaded the house. Every night I would awaken just before his return. I could not help but watch as he removed his hair, the flaxen wig that always curled so strangely. I would see how he took a candle and poured liquid into a shallow dish, how he mixed the fluid with a drop of molten wax and painted it on his head. When he came near me, he spoke to me in that gentleman-like way he had, but the smell of him was like goose fat, which has been kept too long, like taffy, which had become singed at the edges, like a morsel of food which you raise to your mouth on a fork and have no wish to swallow. You remember how he was. He was much the same on the other side of the world. One night in early January, he took out a letter from his father didn't read it, but had it all in his head. He told me of the flooding at the mine and a hundred miners dead. Thought it would be a diversion for me, not the very stopping of my heart. Put the letter down and crossed to the privy. Only a gentle sigh from him, he cared so little. And in that moment I thought, since I have crossed half a world to come to this new country, which not one of my grandmothers would ever have thought possible, can I not cross half a world to return? back to the place where the mines lie open, where the snow even now might be clinging to the surface, melting around its curves, dripping into its hollows, back to where I knew you to be. The hardest part was waiting, staying indoors, day after day, biding my time. I had no expectations, may I just say that? I know you always thought I hoped for too much. Certainly, I had a memory. Everyone has a memory, do they not? of a night more perfect than most, grey light like unpolished silver right across the moors, and a snowfall, soft and even. On the 10th of February, I took my chance. In Oregon, they cut down trees, shave their branches, pack them lean and clean like sticks of candy, ship them around the world. There was a vessel sailing for the Spanish coast, docking, I heard, in Falmouth. And although I heard it only once, that was enough. I have made a discovery in life that most anything is possible if you try it and try it well. I know it was madness, but I took my bundle and walked straight past all those men on the quay in my long skirts and onto the ship. I walked like I was meant to be there and God knew that I was. And once I was on board, I made myself invisible. 
It's a trick I learned as a child. For if you imagine yourself to be so insignificant, so uninteresting that no one would even want to look at you, you can blend in with your surroundings. You can be a white mouse in a sack of flour. When we were far out from land, though, I became ill and you almost lost me. I lay in a drench of sweat and could think of nothing but the luxury of a roll over the side of the ship. I longed to fall and be lost in the pit of a wave forever. I hadn't the strength to move. Then my fever left me and my hunger abated and a curious thing, I found that I could walk about the deck freely and no one paid me any mind. I saw that we were in sight of land and in this way I came into Falmouth. From Falmouth I walked as my grandmother had done 50 years before me. My feet did not tire and I had no fear. For three whole days I walked to come back and find you. I had expected a grand vista, a worthy homecoming, but instead I am entirely enclosed by mist. I shuffle step after step, not daring to leave the path of footprints, trusting in the tracks of people I don't even know. Just ahead of me is a woman made of snow. Her mouth is twisted, and on her head is a bundle of twigs. Ahead of me, a granite slab I almost remember, and a lake beyond so deep the dead could hide. That's what you used to say. The first time we were alone together, you traced your hands over the freckles of my arm. When I remember that, I also remember how silent the cottage was, how the other miners had gone away and it had been just the two of us. I'd turned the key in the lock. But of course, there, there was no lock. There was no key. It didn't happen like that at all. And each time I turn a few degrees on the granite slab, the view shifts and I am more uncertain. It was foolish of me to leave the path, I know, but that's what I've always done. As I turn on my own axis, the view in every direction is exactly the same. <laughs>